Christmas time is a celebration of the arrival of King Jesus into our world. And before we go to the Bible this morning, I want to take you back in time to Hazleton, Pennsylvania in the year 1891. And I want you to imagine with me that you are a miner. Now, it's 1891, so you don't have a headlamp like you would go camping with or a lantern that you would like with LED that turns on that you can charge your cell phone off of. You don't have like modern ways of navigating dark places, but you do have a lantern that's fueled by oil and you have with you your mining things and you're deep, deep into a mine. Have any of you ever been in a mine? Um, They're really kind of dark cavernous places as you can imagine with with little light and so you're in this mine with your um, mine mates down in there and you're mining for coal and as you're digging one day you're covered in dirt you got your pickaxe and you have whatever other tools miners use and as you're picking through the walls looking for coal you and your mine mates, hit another mine. And what was in that mine was water. And suddenly, you go from being able to see a little bit to being completely dark in the mine, being flooded with water. And somehow, you manage to swim through the water. As it takes you back, you manage to swim and find, along with 18 of your friends, an upper chamber that the water doesn't get to. And the lights are out. And it's pitch black. And you can't see a thing. You can't see the hand in front of your face. And you wonder how you're ever going to get out. Deep in that. Imagine how it would feel that day. How terrifying that would be. I mean, if you're afraid of the dark, that is like the darkest dark you can experience. And there you are, a day goes by, and you and your friends, still wondering, there's no cell phones, no way to communicate with the people outside that, hey, I'm flooded, I'm stuck in a mine, send help, no SOS, no Apple Watch alerting your friends that you've fallen, um, or anything like that, and you look at the food that you have, and you and your friends start surviving off of sulfur-infested water that has come into the mine and eating, trying to stretch what was in your dinner pail longer and longer and longer. And you run out of food, so you start drinking the oil that was fueling your lanterns to survive in days, turns into a week. And then 19 days later, your eyes start You have to squint because a beam of light from a lantern pokes through where you are and you are saved. Imagine that feeling of going from hopeless to hopeful as light bursts through. Well, this morning, we're going to look at a passage in the Bible in Isaiah 9, and we're going to see In this passage, light bursting through to us through Christ. And we're going to see that King Jesus 
Real simple, everyone. King Jesus is our light in dark places. So if you have a Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 together. And we have a habit, if you're not familiar uh, with River of Grace, we have a habit of when I'm done reading the Bible, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and you'll all respond, thanks be to God. But hear what God's word says. Isaiah writes, Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan, and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke in the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for a minute. Father, we, we've gathered to celebrate and remember and proclaim to our hearts the light that has burst into our darkness. So Lord, in these next few minutes, would you help us to see Jesus more clearly? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. For the next several minutes, I just want to ask one simple question and provide four simple answers. The first, the question is, What does the light of Jesus help us see? If Jesus is our light in dark places, what does the light of Jesus help us see? And the first thing is that God shines his light in dark places. Right at the beginning of our our verse, right in verse 2, it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in a land of darkness. The people of God were, at the time of this text, were in a really dark time. They were constantly under threat of exile, constantly under threat of rulers coming at them, wandering, unable to see ahead, and wondering what God was doing in the middle of all of it. There have been dark times in the people of God's past. There was a time way back in Egypt when, when the people of God were enslaved under Egypt for years, for years and years and years. They lived as enslaved people, wondering what would be next. Darkness all around them. Then there were other times of Israel being occupied by foreign armies, of having their temples destroyed, and wondering, where's God? In all of it, they faced dark times, but look at what God promises to do with this darkness. He's promising that light will break through. 
we all feel the darkness out there, right? We feel the darkness around us. We made mention of it every week. If you've been here for any of the weeks in the past several weeks, we've made mention of the darkness around us. We have wars and famine and abuse and bullying and and on and on and on it goes. We have physical pain and sickness. We experience darkness in the world. Every single one of us, whether you're a Christian or not, you experience darkness in the world. And God promises to shine his light in those dark places. So we see the darkness around us, but we also keep seeing the darkness within us. We feel the brokenness of the world, but there's also something deep inside that is broken within. We feel sin, sins that we do, sins that are done to us. We feel relational strife. We feel discord. We feel physical pain. We battle diseases. We struggle with loneliness, with hopelessness, with depression. We feel darkness inside. In Israel, Israel, the people of God, they also had tons of darkness on the inside, constantly wandering from the God who loved them. God said to walk in my ways. I've set before you life and death. Choose life. And Israel kept choosing death. But look at what God does. God sends light to their darkest places. Even when they were choosing death, even when they were wandering from him, God shines his light in dark places. That's what he does. And that's what he promises to these people. And that's what he promises to us. But he, but you see where, where God sends his light, he doesn't just send light. He sends joy. He sends joy, which the light of Jesus helps us see that God brings joy to broken places. Right there in the text, it says that, that, when, that when God sends his light, that joy follows that light. It says, you have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. And what kind of joy does God send? We send joy like a plentiful harvest. Like we're, gonna, we're about to feast. And you know that joy you feel whenever you look at the food on your table and the people gathered around it and you just think, man, this is going to be so good. Well, that's the kind of joy that God offers us and that God promises. This, this would have been like an agrarian society. They would have grown most of their food. And so God's saying, I'm going to send joy like a joy you have when you have so much food it is overflowing into their darkness. God promises this kind of joy in this kind of light. And this is the promise that if God can send light to dark places, he can send joy to the broken places of your life. Let me ask you, Where are the broken places of your life? Is it your friendships? Is it it your home? Is it your school? Is it your pain? Well, God is able to bring joy 
to those places. And why? Well, because the light of Jesus helps us also see that God brings liberation to the oppressed. How can God bring joy to where there's pain? How can God bring light to darkness? Well, because in Christ, God God shatters oppression. God takes away our sin. God promises to do away with the brokenness in the world that we see and the brokenness that we experience within. It says in verse 4, For you have shattered their oppressive yoke in the rod on their shoulders, the staff of the oppressor. People can have joy because God liberates them from oppression. When God liberated Israel out of Egypt, he did it. They were oppressed peoples, forced to do work that was impossible. Their boss, their, their overlords kept asking more and more of them than what could actually be done. And the promise here in Isaiah is that God sends a liberator to liberate us from our sin. And years would pass, and Jesus would stand in a temple, and he would pick up the Isaiah scroll, and he would open it, and it would say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what Jesus promises to do, that he is the one who can set us free from oppression. He can liberate us from sin's power because all of us are oppressed by the sin within. We're oppressed by the sin without. We feel, we battle our flesh. We battle Satan. We, we're We battle death, and Jesus comes to liberate us from sin's power. But you might ask, Don, I get that. I even believe it. But what about the darkness now? What about the brokenness I experience today? Those are really good questions. Those are hard questions, if I'm honest. When it comes to the battle of sin that we experience within, what we have here is hope and a promise. First, a promise. We have a promise that because of Jesus and because of his death on a cross, because of him taking our sins upon himself, our brokenness upon himself, that sin has lost its power over us, that we don't have to live under its grip anymore. But we're also offered hope in that though we experience darkness at present, though we experience brokenness right now, what we have in Christ is a promise that God will come and one day do away with all of it for good. And so what Jesus gives us is a new light. He gives us light to see the world again for what God is doing that he's saving people, that sin has lost its power, that the brokenness we experience will one day be taken away. Coming to Jesus might not alleviate your present suffering or darkness, but it can absolutely give you hope that Jesus can take that present darkness and suffering and make it right again, which is what we all want. 
Israel's circumstances didn't change at this pronouncement. But it did provide sure hope. And why? Well, because the light of Christ helps us see that God keeps his promises. This passage concludes with the ultimate why behind Israel's light in dark places, the ultimate why for why God can bring joy to the broken places, the ultimate why for why we can be freed from our oppression, and concludes with a promise. In verse 6, it says, For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. God would bring light to our darkness, joy to our brokenness, freedom for our oppression, not from afar, but he'll come to us himself. We've said in, we read it earlier in John, in that Jesus, that in him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. The hymn would go on to say, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee, that is Jesus, tonight. And here is Jesus, a child. In all of the darkness that we experience, all of the pain, all of the the brokenness, and wondering what God is going to do about it. Find their find hope in Jesus. All those questions we have, we bring to a baby who was sent for us, who comes as light to us, and we bring him those fears, and we realize that he gives us hope then. Hope that God has not left us alone. Hope that he has not left us aside. That he has not forgotten us. That even when we're far from him, he still runs to us. It's this kind of hope. He came to us to be our light and promises that darkness would not overcome it. And look what this child will be called. Wonderful counselor. Jesus promises to be there for you. To be with you, to guide you. To be close, never far, supporting us. Mighty God, he'll be God himself, strong, able with his people, never to leave them or forsake them, able to defeat Satan's sin and death. Eternal Father, Jesus will change the relationship we have with God. You see, most of our relationships to authority is distant. beyond our parents, right? Like when you, like you don't have like a close relationship with Governor Sununu, I don't think, or Joe Biden or whomever politician. But, But in the kingdom of God, you actually get to be a part of the family of God, brought in close, a seat at the table. And Jesus will be the Prince of Peace. He'll be our peace and his dominion will be marked, not by strife, in discord, and threats. Then it goes on in verse 7, the dominion will be vast, its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. 
the reign of King Jesus is an ever-expanding reign. He will one day put all things right, and it will be a place of righteousness and justice. And note, we didn't have anything to do with this. God just does it because he is good and because he loves us. And you might ask, well, Don, why is this true? How can I believe that Jesus will one day make things right again? One day, completely do away with all of the darkness. One day, fill me with so much joy that can never be replaced by sadness again. Well, because friends, Jesus was promised. This promise that we're reading this morning was written 700 years before Jesus would come to earth. And God keeps his promises. He never fails. And if he promised this 700 years ago, and this happened in Jesus, the promise that he will make things fully right in him will come true. God keeps his promises. Friends, we are the people in a dark mind who can barely see. And Christ has come, shining a light where we've lost hope and giving us hope and remembering and reminding us that God sees us in our darkness. God will bring joy to our brokenness. He will liberate us from sin and he will keep his promise to bring us safely home. Friends, this Christmas we remember the coming of Christ to be our hope in our darkness and to be our light. May the light of Christ rule your hearts this Christmas. And if you've not turned to Jesus, friends, he is, his light is shining forth now. You just have to be willing to see it and to run to it because he already has come for you. Let's pray. Jesus, you've come as the light of the world. And you've come, and darkness has not overcome your light. Jesus, would we remember afresh what you have done for us in coming to earth as a man, humbling yourself, becoming obedient unto death, and help us to remember that you have been exalted, and that you're ruling and reigning, and you will be our light, giving us hope and helping us see. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.